Hey, welcome back to the Miss Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. <laughs> Did I sound like Batman there? No, you. I mean, like maybe. I don't. I don't know. Perhaps. Why did you say that name? Uh, I don't know, Martha. 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 Uh, anywho, we're back. This is episode three forty-eight. We're gonna talk about prey. We're gonna talk about Batgirl. We're gonna talk about Hobo Max. Not in any of that order. Um. But yeah, but before we get started, Daryl, how's it going? It's rainy. Yeah, it is. Rainy Saturday. I mean, yeah, we got some severe thunderstorms, which it's been a while, actually. But there's there's going to be some severe thunderstorms and you're making me drive to your house tonight. Man, I see. (laughs) I see. I see you. I see how it is. Well, you got that nice, you know, Subaru and everything. Uh, I get it. But like, you know. If it's a thunderstorm, it could, it could, you know, dumb and blunder could come and knock it out of the road or something. Well, I mean, there was that lightning strike at the White House where two people were. Right. Right. Okay. That's crazy. I know. Can we talk about Alex Jones baller move in court? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that was one of the funniest. So first off, him talking the way he does did about like the Sandy Hook kids and everything. It's like, come on, dude. Come on. Like, even his own people were telling him to stop. Yeah. But I loved how smug that attorney was. And he was like, you've been saying for years that the, <laughs> the politicians and federal government is involved in, um, you know, child trafficking and blah, blah, blah. And, and he's like, you mean like Jeffrey Epstein and the Clintons? <laughs> Silent. <laughs> it was just what I wish someone in the courtroom would have had the little like sound machine. They could have done the wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> or the one where it's like thug oh! life. <laughs> yeah, like, like some, someone should have run from out of like the 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 audience and like put a hat and sunglasses and gold chain over them. <laughs> oh, that was that was complete thug life. Like, what just happened? <laughs> Emotional <laughs> damage. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, anyway, so we're back. Um, we're going to take next week off just a heads up because I'm heading to New Orleans, New Orleans, NOLA, however you say it. I don't know. Um, anyway, be careful for Marcel, Marcel, Marcel and his vamps might be out there. Who? That's a, that's a joke. That's a, the originals joke for anyone who watched that show back in the day. The originals, what? The original vampires from the whole Vampire Diaries thing. Oh, Vampire Diaries. I forgot that ever existed. (laughs) Well, it existed. Did they really have a spinoff for that? Yeah, actually, the originals was probably better than the the, the, Like Angel was better than Buffy? Pretty much, yeah. It's like that, honestly. Cool. So. Cool. I'm on board. I might not ever watch it because I think it's on Netflix. So, I uh, think it's yeah, it is. Although I am going to resubscribe to Netflix for exactly one month, starting Cobra Cobra on Cat. like September Cobra 9th Cat. or whatever it is. Yes, I cannot wait. So cannot wait. I'll, I'll watch Cobra Kai and I'll probably watch season three of um, Umbrella Academy. Just oh, I haven't even it. gone back to that. Just yeah. and and then just be like, man, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> I've had I've had enough. 
<laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to our first topic of the day. Uh, Hobo Max is in the news. Um, so Warner Brothers Discovery, or as I've been calling it, WBD, uh, had its earnings call. Things aren't great. Um, and so Variety, or I'm sorry, The Verge, uh, has this article, HBO Max, which I don't understand why everybody doesn't call it Hobo Max. Anyway, HBO Max will be replaced next year by a new service combined with Discovery Plus. A new app is coming in the summer of 2023. So before I get into the article, here's my, my question. Like, why wouldn't they take the, the brand recognition that they have from HBO Max that actually is my favorite streaming service, right? Mm-hmm. And, and just roll the Discovery stuff in there. And, and be like, you, this is now, HBO Max is now the home for, you know, all of your great Discovery, like, content. Because I tell you what, I want to go back and forth from Westworld to Tiny House Nation to, you know, um, Secession to watching Chip and Joanna doing their thing in Waco. You know, it's just like, I, I think, well, I mean, I'm sure that's how it's going to be. But, like, I really like HBO Max, so I'm kind of sad. Yeah, I, and again, it's, well, it's... It, HBO Max did not have the best uh, rollout. It was absolutely well. Terrible. It's because it was on so few devices. Well, because to start. I mean, what I'm talking about, not a, just the whole HBO platform, because you had HBO Go, you had HBO with yeah. now, and that, and that took some time. And again, the UI was not good. Oh, the first UI was first not good. Out. You're right, it but awful. it had it had now, so much good content on there. Yeah. Now the content we can't that you can't argue about. The content is good, and I yeah. like how they've kind of push uh, they transformed it to be very serviceable now what this article is saying and this is what zavzalov says he mentions or the, the writer too mm-hmm. where like uh he went on to claim discovery plus has a better tech stack and would become the core of the new service now if that's if, the if case cool about, yeah yeah but as i i agree with what you're saying from a branding standpoint the hbo max even though i like the i the, I think if you combine the two, Discovery Max, it sounds good, but it's removing that brand identity of HBO mm-hmm. because I think that should probably be the tentpole in the sense of name recognition uh, when you're talking about combining these services. Right, right, right. I do, I do love that this author um, is talking about how early in the week the company made the decision to remove the nearly complete Batgirl from its release calendar and shuttle it off to the vault. Um, you know, why don't you mention Scoob, <laughs> Scoob two or whatever it is, um, haunted mission That's or whatever. Species. He's be, this person's being species. You're, you're not, right? you're not mentioning because it's oops. Dude, who wrote, who wrote this? Alex Castro. Why don't you like cartoon dogs? Yo. Yeah. What's wrong with you? I thought man? you were probably supposed to be inclusive. Ooh, whatever. look at you. I'm all, I write for the verge, but I don't like cartoon dogs. <laughs> anyway we'll get to background in a second um so yeah i I think um so zaslov during the call insisted the hbo max programming overall was good and supported by the company at large during question and answer segment it suggested that zaslov said hbo max has started to become a brand in itself and once it's specifically associated with quality. It's not clear what uh, WBD will call the new combined service. They'll probably call it Warner Brothers Discovery because they are the least creative people at naming a company. Um, yes. <laughs> but it's certain it will, we'll be hearing more from Zaslav um, as Zaslav shuffles his new company even more in the years to come um, or the year to come. So, yeah. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, oh, wait. No, never mind. 
Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, in my opinion, like, and again, I'm biased because HBO max is the one I watch the most, right? The most, um, by the world, by the way, uh, I, I finished Westworld, um, episode six and Mm -hmm. we have to talk about the disagreement that we're going to have that I don't want to have on the podcast. (laughs) Cause I like Caleb's daughter anyway. Um, but that being said, like, I think this, like, here's the thing. I think getting more content in one spot where I don't have to go pay for discovery and HBO max is great. Yes. I just I, like if, and if the discovery plus tech stack is better, I'm all for it. Let's do it. Let's get it done. But like, just call it HBO max still. I, I like, yeah, I, from, I, yeah. Like I agree. Yeah. Cause you're starting over You're you're, you know, you have to like, everybody has to update their apps and you know, it's like, wait, why am I getting this payment from just discovery brand streaming service? You know, like, I don't know. Like yeah. I, 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 cause I feel I like get- HBO is a brand that like he said, is synonymous with quality. You've got shows like secession. You've got Westworld. You've got the new dragon Game of Thrones, whatever spinoff that's starting in a couple of days. Um, you know, th- there, there's a lot of that happening and um, stick with H. It's, like, I hope at least like HBO is the core of the branding. I think it needs to be. Yeah. To, just to make it, because again, there's already a, enough, you know, choppiness with everything going on as with changes like this Mm -hmm. you have to expect however to make it as smooth as possible i i think keeping that hbo brand name is important to just smooth as smooth it out as much as possible i agree agree 100 percent all right. So, I mean, that, that actually set, shed some light. And I think the way he said, said all of this was great. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, there's a cancellation spree going on. What all got canceled? I didn't see cancellations. I know that they moved. Funny enough, they moved some of their own original movies off the platform, hmm. which not sure why. Well, so they don't just because it's their original movie. It does not mean that they have mm-hmm. the rights to stream it. In perpetuity, right? You know, there, there's that because there's a bunch of like HBO original movies from the '90s that I would love to see on. You know, there's one called Bandwagon. Um, I would love to see that on HBO Max. I would love to rewatch that movie like seven times. But, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, some of these movies were within the last year, year and a half. Though, yeah. I mean, granted, I did see was that a few months ago? They did remove the Harry Potter movies or. Well, and again, it's just a licensing thing. Yeah, because it goes to other services, right? And it's just a licensing thing. Like they they do that to make more money. Oh yeah, it's just like some of these, or it was just kind of funny that that happened. Like some of these, because I think one movie just came out like probably like six eight months ago. Uh, But again, it's not a big deal in the sense of panic or anything. I just thought that was that's what I had seen. I didn't see anything about cancellations yeah well in this article had like a link out to like cancellations but like the only thing that i really know that got canceled other than and then batgirl and scoob to electric boogaloo haunt club um was raised by wolves and that show was trash well that was i mean that was a month or so ago yeah that got canceled yeah i have no idea 
Um, anyway, all right. So, yeah, this, this uh, is speaking of a good a good concept, and it just I really like the concept of Race by Wolves. It's just yeah, I like the concept of it. It's just boring. But it, it, the execution so, was not good. So yeah, it was boring. pretty boring. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Batgirl. Um, R.I.P. Elseworlds Latinx Babs. I had zero this interest in this spot. movie to start with, so let's just let's just go let's just go for it. Um, I'm happy this movie got canceled. I I think this movie would have done irreparable harm to um to the DC brand. Uh, all these people talking about like J.K. Simons as Commissioner Gordon. It's like, yeah, they're going with uh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright's gonna be Commissioner mm-hmm. Gordon moving forward with from the Batman or whatever. Is that what it's called, right? The Batman with uh, Batman. Um Yes. Yeah. So it's just like, come on. Like this movie was ill conceived to start. It was gonna introduce uh, a Supergirl who was alive because Zod went back in time and killed Baby Kal-El. You know, and, and it, it was going to tie like in, fan fiction. It was going to tie into the Flash, yeah. And you know, the guys who directed this are the dudes who did Miss um, Marvel, which you watched more of than I did. Yeah, because I watched one episode, <laughs> and I watched the pitch meeting, by the way, which was hilarious. Oh, the pitch meeting Miss Marvel was great, but the pitch meetings are always <laughs> great, especially when it's something yeah. bad like this. So, um. Yeah, and and the, so here's the thing though is that these dudes, uh, Adre El Aribi and uh, Bila Al Fahal, uh, I don't know, uh, they directed Bad Boys for Life, which we actually liked. Mm-hmm. So it's like now how how do you get from that? Now how do you get from that to your movie's so bad we're gonna write it off for a loss on our tax return. And we're going to make it so it can never be released contractually. That's how bad it is. Now, I will say this, and I don't know if this is true or not. But there was a a comment, and I was trying to find the article again, where it said that they had very little creative input into the the formation of the story Mm -hmm. of Batgirl for the movie. Okay. Which, again... No one WB. I, I don't know if it's true, but I wouldn't be surprised. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. But but so, the stuff yeah. that came out about some of this were, again, I, we know it's rumors, but mm. her deciding to fight crime after stopping terrorists during a party or something. I, I yeah. don't remember the, the details. It, it's where she like dressed up as Batgirl. She was she, so she's just cosplaying in her outfit. Yes. <laughs> So, That's why I said this this yeah. movie just sounded like a one big fat fanfic. So this is what happens. This is so Marvel's going through this a little bit right now with Phase Four, which has been they are an unmitigated disaster for them. I mean, the movies are yes. making half of what the other movies made. Um, but this is what happens when you don't start from a place of reverence and respect to the source material yes like iron man like we saw iron man this iron man is kind of the basis of how are the the cornerstone of our friendship right that movie that was Mm -hmm. the first thing we went and like hung out and did together 
Um, yeah. And it was awesome. And it was a great movie. And we both walked out raving about that. And then you were all like, Iron Man's now my favorite character. I'm like, no one has ever said Iron Man is their favorite character and smacked you in the <laughs> face. But... <laughs> I'll take false for a hundred Alex. <laughs> anyway, but you know, but that being said, like nobody, nobody's favorite character was Iron Man before Robert Downey. No, absolutely. Not. Nobody there. Yeah. There's like, okay, maybe like eight people. Like well, there, there, the, there, there are some time, people, what, six and a half billion people on the planet. Um, yeah. But like they, they introduced something so super special with that movie because they were faithful to who Tony Stark was and what Iron Man was as a hero. Mm-hmm. Not, yes. you know, not, 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 not what, whatever we've been getting with Batman. And I know you love Man of Steel, but not what we got with Superman. Um, I think the closest thing they came to getting a character right was Wonder Woman for the first two thirds of that movie. And then mm-hmm. it fell apart because of Warner's meddling. Um, I don't think Aquaman. I, here's the thing: is I, I think Aquaman as a character is just so like widely dismissed. Like, sure, <laughs> let Jason Momoa do what he's gonna do and be charismatic and likable. Yeah, and I mean, even Shazam. Your- Shazam. I, I'm sorry. I think Shazam is the best movie in the DCU because it is the movie that is most closely related to the character and it's it's origins and how it is. And yes, it jumps the gun on the Marvel family, but Hey, like that worked out well too. Cause you got Adam Brody yeah. as, as one of the Marvels. <laughs> the Marvel. Isn't that a coming out next year? No, that's, that's something that Mar- Marvel comics bastardized. But anyway, do they call them the Shazams then? What's your name? We're the Shazams. Oh, wait, we're all kids, and I'm a cripple. No, we're dead. <laughs> yeah, this this is actually, because we were talking about this before right. going on air, that one of the things you can calculate, you know, the potential cost of you add in marketing, add in the reshoot budget and all this stuff, and what you make the box office, you can calculate that. What you can't calculate from a definitive number is the effect that a bad movie, a bad portrayal of a character will have on that character going forward. And it's what you were just talking about how, you know, how they, you know, how they have done these characters. It's not that they've been like, you can't say, because some people have liked these, you mm-hmm. can't say that they have been all bad. No. The problem is because they've been divisive and right. that's not what, like with Superman. I love Man of Steel, like you said, but I can acknowledge that. Look, just because I love that movie doesn't mean they did. They hit all the notes with Superman right. or who he was supposed to be. Right. And, 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 and honestly, and, I liked Superman. Like I liked Man of Steel more after the fact, mainly because mm-hmm. I saw more Henry Cavill stuff. I was like, oh yeah, this yeah. guy's a really good actor. I like him. And like, you know, I gave Man of Steel a second shot because I'd only seen it that one time when we were in. The, oh yeah, when we, when went, we, were, when we went to see it in the theater. Yeah, and yeah, and that's the thing with when you're doing stuff like this, these characters shouldn't. A character like Superman, a movie with Superman, shouldn't be divisive in no. the sense of 
it should be that again we know everybody's not going to like it but it shouldn't be split almost right. down the middle like right I a mean, lot of people i knew and then like the justice league was like widely panned batman versus superman is is you know horrible objectively horrible yeah um and then you have things like uh, you know i don't know it's just like titans you know it's like, a mess. He, here's the problem this is the big problem with dc and 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 it's it's going to be easily it's going to be easily fixed get rid of your multiverse get rid of the whole omniverse idea you have one version of a character you have bruce wayne as batman clark kent as superman diana prince as wonder woman barbara gordon as you know batgirl dick grayson as nightwing and and, and make them fit what they are in the comics the look the feel mm -hmm. like don't go race swapping them don't gender swap them don't sexual sexuality swap them just give us those character, give us that that core character group. And I guarantee you, if you want to make new characters that are more diverse or whatever your agenda might be, write a good character that has those traits. If that's the like, you know, because it seems like the the Litinx thing was the the cornerstone of this Batgirl's existence. And it's like, okay, so she's not at all interesting, is what you're telling me. It, yes. When you start with that premise. Like I said, just because something is woke doesn't mean it's bad. And just because something's bad doesn't mean it's woke. It, and it's we'll talk about this with Prey in the yeah. sense of... Oh, man. I want to sign up for the VIP from Variety because they have VIP analysis. WBD's Batgirl blunder spoils a solid strategy. I did see that headline. Like, it's... it's Again, it's... Yeah. Again, the more that you look into this, I mean, you almost have to, you almost, if they really truly want to get these characters right, and as they mentioned, this 10-year plan, you you almost have to, well, I, I it, you almost have to nuke the entire thing, mm -hmm. what they have right now, and, you know, just start from the, you know, start from the bottom again, mm -hmm. because they have gotten to the point because you mentioned Titans and all the, and all these other things where again we like portions of Titans but it's so uneven with the writing and the character portrayals and that's before they started the swapping out of you know race and things like that but you also need to get some writers who you know are like these characters for the characters themselves not for a checkbox not for pushing an agenda you have to make that clear because the problem is even when it's the wokeness does not necessarily affect, does not directly affect the film. The fact that the writers focus on that in the sense of that they don't have the talent to do anything else. Just like you just said, you're focusing on the, the Latina part. Well, that means this character is not interesting because one, you don't understand the character if you're focusing on that one right. line or you don't understand the character. Right. So I, I almost think that they have as, as much as it pains me because they're there again, there are some things they have done with these characters that I've really liked, mm -hmm. but like for Aquaman, the, for example, the, to, like they, they went, yeah, they went but, way out. They made him a, a, a booze guzzling, you know, <laughs> frat boy. <laughs> yeah. But like Zod said, you know, everything I do is for the greater good. You, for the greater good, you might have to. Just, the greater good, might just have to start over. Did you not watch Hot Fuzz? 
I've watched it. That, that's Whenever they said greater ago. good, everyone's like, the greats are good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I've watched that like, I have, I have it on DVD. I think I have, yeah, I have it on DVD. That's how long it's been since I've watched that. Yeah. But that was a funny movie. I like that movie. All right, so uh, just a heads up, you can find this article on the Wayback Machine, so there's an archive version of it. Um, yeah, okay, here. Uh, HBO Max is in solid shape and is likely to stay that way. The impressive tide of HBO's originals will continue flowing and demand content from discovery brands like HGTV, Food Network, will soon be folded into its library, broadening its potential audience. Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zasloff is moving aggressively to put the streamer on the path of profitability, which should reassure investors and help revive the company's sagging stock price if he succeeds. But rather than any of that, the press cycle this week was dominated by WBD's jaw-dropping decision, words are hard, to shelve a nearly completed Batgirl movie, which Warner's no longer plans to release in theaters or on Hobo Max. The logic, is do, the logic in doing so, as Zaslav explains, is WBD's Thursday earnings call was to reinforce the company's new film strategy, which is return to a theatrical first model and eliminate direct streaming movies from its equation. And this is a quote from Zaslav. We cannot find an economic case for it. We cannot find, oh, we cannot find an economic case for it. We cannot find an economic value for it. Um, we're not going to launch a movie to make a quarter. We're not going to put a movie out unless we believe in it. Reports also indicated the company leadership determined Batgirl did not measure up to the prospective theatrical tentpole and that taking a tax write-off for the film would be a better financial move for, from releasing it to streaming. All right. That, that, that's that. If you have a bad movie, that is what you need to do instead of just churning out crap like Netflix does, right? This is a much better yeah. move. So... Uh, but, oh, here we go. The optics were disastrous, canning a $90 million movie with a Latina, oh, they said Latina, lead with Zaslav takes home nearly, uh, while Zaslav takes home nearly $250 million pay package with Batgirl directors, blah, 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 learning of the decision while at El Arabi's wedding. Well, I mean, that's just bad timing. Um, and, you know, I don't think that that was intentional. It's not like when Triple H had uh, CM Punk's Termination papers delivered to him at his wedding with uh, AJ Lee. So let's let's not read into that. That's just bad timing. Yeah. Uh, the cancellation has al- already come to represent a new level of bean counting commerce ruling the day in Hollywood. Good. It should lead the day in Hollywood. They should be more like th- Thor was a two hundred. Thor Dumb and Blunder was a two hundred and fifty to two hundred and eighty million dollar budget just for the filming of it, and it looked like crap. Yeah, I can't imagine what how I bad saw. this movie looked. I can only imagine how bad this movie looked. Um, that it didn't yeah, meet certain, the quality no. standards. Yeah, yeah. Some of the things, certain like there, it came out in some of the testings where some people thought that it was it looked like a bad TV show. Yeah, uh, irredeemable was a word that a lot of people used to describe like the movie as well. Um, Okay, it's unfortunate that Zaslav's clumsy execution was clouded 
has clouded the sound logic many uh, of many of his business strategies. A quality over quantity approach to content, the initial tack taken by Netflix and signature strategy of HBO makes sense as does pivoting away from direct to streaming movies in favor of the, the theatrical window, which have proven effective even in the streaming area era. Um, yeah, here's the thing is direct the, the day and date thing doesn't work, right? It doesn't. Right. It, it killed Dune. It killed it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it did. But the other thing that killed Dune was it's it was far too long. And, it, like, you know, it looked like Dune should look like, but it wasn't Dune. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, this Tyler Aquina, like, dude get off your high horse. Like this is not a, this is not a blunder. It's not a spoiler thing. This is just, they didn't have a solid strategy. The day and date thing wasn't working. The, the streaming only stuff wasn't working because it wasn't good enough quality to be worth anybody's while. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think we figured out that Batgirl was not going to be worth anybody's while. No, I, I think there was no doubt this was going to be a disaster of a movie from a box office perspective and more importantly, from a perception perspective. Right. right. All right. We've talked far too long about a movie that we're never going to see or really had any interest in seeing in the first place. <laughs> seeing in the first place. So yeah. let's uh, let's jump ahead to Prey. Um, so when we saw this trailer, we were both met with trepidation about what this movie was and what it was going to be. Is that fair? Yeah, it's fair. I don't really necessarily want to speak for you in this instance, but like I, I seem to remember yeah. both of us being on the same page. Uh, yeah. As unfortunately, like we tend to be, we should definitely argue more. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So I want to. I want to bring. I, I, so we used to do the good, the bad, the ugly for these things, and I kind of want to go back to that a little bit. I, I I like that too. Yeah. All right. I want to start with what's positive. And the most positive thing is Dan Trachtenberg as the director. I, I, I feel like we were given a very lived in world from the jump. Uh, we were given just a wonderful looking film. And I thought the pacing of it was actually really good. Um, and I did like how they set up the final action sequences and the predator looked terrifying and awesome and incorporating the bear skull into his helmet was the coolest fucking thing I've seen on any of the predator stuff. Yeah, I will second that. I thought the film looked great. There were so many great shots. Uh, the one thing that I always thought was, a, I, I liked even what, even with my trailer, trepidation of the trailer was going back to the roots in the sense of you know going back in time and seeing something different i like that idea i liked the action with the predator there were some very very creative kills in there and i also was a fan of uh dakota beavers who played tabby mm -hmm. even and, though and his name dog, is ridiculous was, dakota beavers was the best part yeah. of the movie Yes, and the dog, which I don't remember the, the dog's dog. name. It's like Sar Sarley. Yes. I like that. 
those are the things that I really, really enjoyed about this movie. I mean, I, I thought everything like just like as like looking at it as like, let's take the predator out of it for a second. Let's look at it as a period piece for mm-hmm. a minute. I thought everything looked yes. really great. I, I liked when she Absolutely. came across the trappers. Um, you know, that was interesting. It was, you know, but like that led to one of the things, right? She came across the trappers because she stepped on a bear, bear trap. And then, um, I'm going to jump to the bad now. Um, like not everything was equally as dangerous to everybody in this movie. That was a bad thing, right? So she steps on a bear trap right. and is able to get out of it. Um, they use the bear trap to cut the rope when when her and Toby are tied to the tree. But the predator throws a bear trap at a guy and it pink misses his head. Yes. Which, by the way, was really cool. But and, again, that I'm goes not, to I'm the not un- saying it wasn't cool, but yeah. yeah, it goes to the uneven nature of the, the, the lack of consistency, I'll say. Yeah. I think in, the in other certain, in certain things. Yeah. The other thing that I found that was kind of bad is because Toby was because D- Dakota Beaver's Toby was so charismatic and, and like like good. Just like a good man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who was looking out for his sister. Uh they together made a more perfect warrior. You know, they could both 100%. fight. Hundred percent. Yeah, he was he was he was definitely a more skilled tra- tracker and fighter. And she, it's not to say that she couldn't that Naru couldn't fight, but she also like understood healing and like understood the land a little better. And like I, I wish in instead of of at at the the detriment to Tabi to raise Naru up, that was a bad thing. Like I don't understand why mm-hmm. it like this this movie did not learn. I told you this movie did not learn any of the mistakes from Terminator Judgment Day. Or uh, Dark Fate. I'm sorry, Dark Fate. Thank you. Terminator Dark Fate. Um, God, that was terrible. I know, Judgment Day was pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you're right. It it didn't learn anything from from Dark Fate. And this is, this is, that's like, this is bad bordering in on ugly, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I just think that Come on, like, why, why, why do it that way? Like, when he got captured, when Toby got captured by the, oh, by the way, spoilers. Um, when Toby got captured by the trackers, it makes sense because they overwhelmed him with force. And her being there and her saving him, like, is cool. That was a great scene. And I thought, great, we're going to have, now we're going to see them fight the Predator together. And, and, and we did for a minute. And I thought that was, and it was so um, cool. That was, Right. When they were back so to well back done. and everything. And yeah. yeah. And, and he was on the horse and she was like, you know, making her moves and, and stuff like that. Like she was doing those like strike for a strike hard, no mercy, um, mm-hmm. Cobra Kai style strikes. But and then they're, they're, they're just standing out in the middle and they're looking around and and he pushes her away or whatever he did. And he just accepted death. Right. And it doesn't yeah. seem like that. It really didn't seem like that's what he would have done. That should have been the climax of the movie that them fighting together and maybe, you know, retreating at, you know, getting away for a bit mm-hmm. and saying, okay, we need to regroup something like that. It should not have been that one-on-one fight her with the predator right. just because it, well, it, yeah. 
you have to again i understand you have to suspend disbelief uh in these type of movies to a certain extent however in the movie itself in the world you create it there are still rules you have to follow and going back to what you just said earlier about how certain things weren't as dangerous to everybody there wasn't that consistency of danger with us you know say the bear trap for example Mm -hmm. that's that's how what came across here in the sense of you the, to the detriment of the movie, uh, Naru was overpowered in the sense of right. Like just watching her fight, and again, this is what people don't understand. Mm-hmm. You can have a female character that is a good fighter to a point where it, it's believable in that in the story itself. But the second that and again, this is not a superpower character. That's totally different. We're not talking about that. She had skill. We knew she had skill with the bow. She had skill with with the. I really like the little um, the tomahawk on on the rope she did. I, I like that idea. You saw her practicing all the time, in the, especially in the first part of the movie. So you knew she put a lot of work into getting to like she she was. Mm-hmm. However, this is that however part. You have to balance that with at least a certain part of a certain bit of reality. Right. With all things being equal, yes, she might be more skilled with a weapon, but if she's going one on one with a fight with one of these, you know, Comanche warriors, she's not going to win that fight. Right. Correct. She, and, she's not. Yeah. She, and, and she was dumb enough these to get guys trapped are, by the bear. The bear trapped her yeah. where he wanted to trap her, and had the predator not shown up, he would have eaten her. She. Yes. And the dog. And your little dog, too. <laughs> How dare so, did you? So, <laughs> did you want to get to the ugly part of this? Uh, I mean, yeah, let's or get the, to the Like, ugly. I know you said, but look, the ugly part of this, and, I, and this, is, this was kind of like the spoiler in what I was just saying, is Naru's character in the second half of the movie, I would say. I didn't mind her in the first half of the movie. And by the way, let me add to the good. I did listen to this in the Comanche dub, and it, along with the setting, along with the visuals, it did, you know, it did capture me into the war, put me into the world a little bit better. I really like the idea of having that Comanche dub, and then also having that uh, when you're talking about the French trappers, mm-hmm. them speaking French and not getting, and you know, not getting the subtitles right. for what they're saying in English. I like that. And then the so one who spoke actually, Comanche, you could understand in English when you watch in the English dub. Right. So. I, I liked how they did that. Yeah. But going back to, again, where we're talking about woke doesn't always mean bad. Woke again, for example, I told you that we started watching Lightyear last night and forty minutes in, we we're like, Okay, this this movie sucks. It didn't suck because it was like because of the woke elements. No, it's not because it was a bad movie. Yeah, because it was supposed to be the movie that led Andy to want to get a Buzz Lightyear toy. <laughs> and it didn't make sense. It's supposed and to be that, a 90s honestly, action movie. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And that was not it at all. Well, I mean, when you have Chris Evans involved, I mean, it's unless it's Captain America, and it's going to be pretty boring anyway. So, Yeah. So, again, the woke aspect of that did not, for me, directly mm-hmm. impact how bad of a movie it was. The woke aspect of this movie directly impacted my enjoyment of it because 
despite all the good stuff we said about it, Dakota Beavers, the setting, mm -hmm. the action, the predator I mean, stuff. Even Amber even some of the stuff was good. Would, she was good. She was really yeah. good in this. I loved her in Legion. Yeah. So she's a badass in Legion. Yeah, and um Yeah, and that and that's why I said like there are parts of this movie where her character in itself, not just the actress, but the character, I like how they showed her. Like I said, I like how they showed her practicing. Right. And you know, trying and I like the story. And again, we get this story all the time. It's not that She's trying to, you know, prove that she can do this. We've gotten this with male characters. That's mm -hmm. not the problem of the story at all. Right. The problem is how they make her this almost unstoppable force to the detriment of the characters around her. That's yeah, the like problem. Yeah, when she was with the other warriors and they were attacking and she was like, cut me free, cut me free. And they're like, no. And, you know, it's not – she didn't get any of them killed. But, you know, at the same time, yeah. like – I, I don't know. For me, the ugly was you started off with what looked like was going to be a really well-rounded character with flaws and, and growth yes. and things like that. And then she went super Saiyan. Yes. And it was like, or she went super Cena. Actually, let's do that one. That's a better, like <laughs> she was just like unstoppable. She wasn't selling for anybody. She's like, I'm not going to, yeah. you're going to, you're going to throw me across the, the, the field and, Hit me with your shield that you just like disemboweled somebody with. I am. I'm, I'm. I'm. Again. Yeah. I'm not selling for you. And that goes back to the inconsistency of like, I, I remember seeing that. And when she got hit with the shield, I said, I said out loud, I said, she's dead right now. Right. She's dead. Yeah. So, and again, this is where that whole, we have to make this character, this woman be, yeah. you know, independent and un unstoppable and stuff like that. When you had a guy in Dutch who <laughs> was trained killer for 20 years, right. he was killing people lo longer right. than she was old. Right. And he got his ass handed to him. Yeah. And he had to outsmart it front with, he could, he tried going, this is Arnold in his peak and mm -hmm. you know, like two fifty, nothing but muscle yeah. and, and getting tossed around by a predator. Yep. And you're telling me that, this girl, right, who's again 110 pounds soaking wet, yeah, could do that. I think no. the other ugly thing is that she just intuitively knew how to use his weaponry. Because, yeah. like, remember with uh, with the trappers when when the predator threw the bomb out there and stuff, they were like, "Ooh, what is this beeping noise? I've never heard a beep before." Like yeah. they were they were like in awe. They didn't know to run away. And I know at first I was like, "Why aren't you?" And I thought about she the didn't time even know how period. to use the flintlock like, gun. Yes. Yeah, she could use the predator's weapons against him. Yeah. And the predator wasn't smart enough to anyway. Yeah. So that's where that last part of the movie really lost me from being, you know, like you said that period piece, the original mm -hmm. you know aspect of seeing predator in a different light and then getting what we got. And then uh, again, now this is something very small and very kind of minute in the sense of i i find, found this out like several months ago because in predator 2 after danny glover beats the predator mm -hmm. one of them gives him a gun and right. it uh, has Raphael's name on it yep. in 1750 and that's the gun that she gives right. to i think her dad or whatever at the end of the movie which there was evidently a comic about that and where you know the history of the gun which again this isn't like this is a small thing, right? Again, a really small thing, 
But uh, I, I thought that was interesting how they try. I, I do like the idea of them trying to tie things back to the original, mm-hmm. you know, the Predator 1. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be because, a prequel, right? So Yes, I do like that. I, um, I, I do appreciate that. I just, and again, I, I read on one, like a comment. I, I know this Predator is the bad guy, but you know what? Sometimes the bad guy wins, and mm-hmm. especially when the bad guy's just bigger, stronger, faster, and more skilled than you are. Right. So I wouldn't hate a movie of a predator where the predator actually wins. Right. Yeah. Because if you if you and it reminds me of a little bit of the first Pitch Black movie. Oh yeah, Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel did not Riddick did not win that movie. No, he didn't win that movie, and. He only won or he only got out because of Ronda Mitchell's character went back to save him, which, right. again, as badass as he was in that movie, they showed him being vulnerable. And there's nothing wrong with that. As, yeah. like, and that just reminded me of that. He got out. That doesn't mean he won. Right. <laughs> he got out. Right. 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 And that's fine. So he, like, you know, I mean, she could have escaped. She could have lived. That would have been fine. But um, OK, here's a couple other things is. I thought this was a hundred minute runtime. Perfect. Yeah. This was the perfect, like yep. any more would have been too much. Any less it'd have been like, Oh, well, hold on. You skipped over something. Um, did I fall asleep watching yeah. this? Um, <laughs> and that uh, goes back to your pacing thing. I thought it was paced. Yeah. But well. I mean like look at 10 Cloverfield lane. It's a movie that takes place in three rooms. And the pacing of that, that, that movie is amazing. And, the, and so I was looking for the character development that we got from that here. Yes. So I don't know. Um, you know, I have a soft spot for Dan Trachtenberg. Um, you know, he, he, he started on the totally rad show, which is my favorite podcast of all time with, uh, him and Alex Albrecht and Jeff Kanata. So, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm a fan. Like I, like I'm going to watch whatever he puts out. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I think that's maybe why I expected a little bit more for, from him. So, yeah. Again, this is not a movie that's all the way bad. Like, yeah. it's not a bad girl movie or anything like that. It has some very strong aspects of we just mm-hmm. falls in that trap of making the Naru character instead of keep making it three-dimensional character as they, it looked like she was going to be mm-hmm. because again, she, she got saved a couple times herself. Right. Yeah. Especially in the first part of the movie. Well, yeah. Cause uh, they had to take her back and you know, she's like, I should be out there helping him. And, and her mom was like, if, if we wanted you out there, he wouldn't have brought you home. Yeah. So it's not like they didn't show that she had flaws, especially early on, but it's, how they she they almost did a 180 for her character in that second half of the movie where she was almost she was nigh unstoppable yeah and that's what lost me there that that really lost me as far as this could have been a very fun uh one of the better predator movies if they would have continued on with the arc that it seemed like they were doing with her instead of making her an unstoppable you know badass Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, I, I feel like at the end of the day, this is going to be a bit of a missed opportunity um, for yeah. what could have like revitalized the the Predator franchise. I, I agree. 
But, I mean, here's the thing. At the end of the day, will I watch this again? Probably. Yeah. I, I mean, again, because I thought that the Predator scenes and, yeah, again, I love Tavi's role in this. And I like their relationship, too. Right. There are... There are absolutely redeeming qualities to this movie. It's just that last segment of the movie where it's just, it's so frustrating because they were so close. That's what it is. Right. It's more frustrating than anything watching a movie like this where it's like you were so close and yet you just went left instead of going right. Yep. So not only were they so close, but like with that, but they were so close as characters. Right. right. The, the brother and sister, they were yeah. so close. And, you know, it, it just, it seems like, it seemed to me like Tabe would have been like, let's do this together. Like, you know, let's both bring this home and get back. And instead, like he got jobbed out. Yes. This is correct. Anyway. And, and that's why I'm, it's so frustrating. But like I said, it's not without its positives. And it's one of those where I'm not going to say, oh, do not see this movie. This movie is terrible. Or, Don't see it. It's too low. It's, it's just filled with. No, it's just it's again, it, I'm not comparing it to Wonder Woman in the sense of how good it is. Mm-hmm. But Wonder Woman fell through that same trap. That third act really torpedoed what should have been a, what was a great movie. The biggest problem with the third that. act of Wonder Woman was who the villain was really revealed to be. Yes. Yeah. All right. So out of 10 hidden mud pits, what do you give this? I give it a five out of 10. Uh, again, just thinking about it, especially I was going to get go lower, but it's, you know, we started talking about it. I, it, there's just a lot of good stuff in here and the stuff I didn't like wasn't as, there wasn't as much stuff I didn't like as I thought it was just the stuff I didn't like really impacted what could have been a, for me, a six and a half or a seven movie. There was no way this was ever going to get to a six and a half or seven for me. Um, but like, I, 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 I didn't hate it. Um, so I, I'm, I also went with a five, um, which I usually go a little bit lower than you, but one, Mm -hmm. I, I thought it looked amazing. I I thought the story Mm -hmm. was well paced. I thought the action when, when we had the action, especially in the whole last, the whole last act is action. Um, was great. I, I appreciated that we were given a lived in world. Like there wasn't a whole lot of like exposition exposition that they needed to do. Um, right. But it, it just, it fell apart under quote, modern sensibilities of storytelling that don't understand yes. the hero's journey. And also there were, I know this is small, but there's a point where one of the Comanche warriors is going off and a guy's like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, well, no, no, no. He uh, he, he said, uh, I'm going to pop a squat. Okay, so that English was like. Version. Yeah, so. Okay, so, so that's where, like, that's where I was listening to it. Or maybe I'm going to pinch a loaf or something. He Like, it was definitely a yeah. modern, like, you know, it's like, yeah. I, you know, I got to, I got to go. Um, so I'm looking at Dan's Wikipedia page, and he has a TV series adaptation for Waterworld as one of his upcoming projects. Oh, really? That makes me really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Oh, that'll be 
what is this supposed to it um i mean it, uh, it just oh, says it's preliminary yeah so but I mean, here's the thing is like, we rail a lot on these people who are, who don't have a ton of credits, right? This is Dan's second movie. He, he did an episode of black mirror. He did, um, I didn't know he did boys. The, he the did premiere the name game for the boys. And the, yeah, he did the pilot and then he did the pilot episode for the lost symbol, which the thing I will say, if you can check out the portal, no escape video that he made, um, I'm not even sure if it's on YouTube or where it is. It was like a short fan film that he did. I highly recommend it. All right. I'll put that on my to, to check out list. So it's, uh, it's really, 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 really good. So, um, but yeah. All right. Well, that's fun. So let's recap yeah. HBO max. Might be going away, might be staying. We don't know what's happening there. Um, Batgirl is is never to be seen again, which isn't horrible. Um, and, and pray, watch it. It's on Hulu. If you pay, you you pay for it already. Yeah. So, so enjoy. And again, it. it's it's not a long movie. No, a hundred minutes. Like I watched it in two sittings. Yeah, and and if you want more immersion, I would suggest listening to the Comanche because it just. It really, I, I really liked that additional aspect of the movie, which funny enough, I believe we had, I had mentioned that to you when I saw the trailer. I was like, look, if you wanted, this was before that was announced. I was like, they should do it in Comanche just, and that's what they ended up doing. Right. So you are correct. sir. <laughs> so, alrighty. Well, that's the episode this week. I got to go because I got stuff to do. And then I got to drive all the way down to Kentucky today. All the way down to Kentucky. You know how I hate That's going to Kentucky. That's a long way. <laughs> you had to move back out of Ohio. <sighs> Son of a bitch. Anyway. <laughs> all right, guys. On that note, we will talk to you later. All right. See you. DFS Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.